What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, John Dodson. He's the guy that was with the ATF that blew the whistle on Fast and Furious. The only reason why we know about Fast and Furious. Well, there's some additional information I wanted to get from uh, from him today. He's on a podcast, and it is remarkable. You have to listen to it. But I wanted to ask him about three things that have just come out today. Navarro, Peter Navarro, is uh, now being... He was charged contempt of Congress, but now the Justice Department has taken this. This is a Trump aide, taken it, and they're going to put him in prison for contempt of Congress. The only other time this has happened was with um, uh, Bannon, Steve Bannon. That just happened. Okay, so two times here in the last couple of years under Biden, somebody who had contempt of Congress charges are going to prison for it just to give you an idea the last time that was used was during the red scare when congress in 1948 put the hollywood 10 into prison remember those days were black black days that we were all supposed to learn from and we should have learned from but it is happening again now who else was uh who else was charged with contempt of congress oh i remember the guy who was running the justice department at the time of the gun running scandal fast and furious Hmm. that and so much more john dodson joins us in 60 seconds you know, we didn't fight this, or we didn't start this fight with the left. In fact, not really fighting. It was just standing up for our Constitution, standing up for the Bill of Rights, standing up for decency. Well, they have moved those goalposts into some other stadium I can't even see. Now, decency, Constitution, Bill of Rights, those are, that, that makes you an extremist. Sorry, no it doesn't. It makes me an American. You are the extremist. We're in this, so what are we gonna do? You have to win it. Part of that means growing a parallel economy to take some of the money away from these companies that are doing such damage to us. And you know, there are some things that we thought we couldn't live without. A lot of people are living out without Disney now uh, because they just, they went insane. Uh, If you have Verizon, you know, they're sending money to Planned Parenthood every single every single year. They're sending money. And that's part of that money is the money that you gave them if you have your cell service. And the big three are all like this. So what are you doing? Get out, save money and do this one thing. This is the entry level of standing up for what you believe in. You're going to change companies for cell service and you can keep your phone. You can keep your phone number. You can upgrade your phone. Uh, They have plans that fits any budget. You're going to save money. You're going to get the same great service. So what are you doing? Switch now. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. This is the lowest hurdle for standing up. 
patriotmobile.com slash Beck. 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation when you use the offer code Beck today. 878-PATRIOT. John Dodson, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm fine, sir. How are you? I'm good. I had a great conversation with you. You scare me a little bit because of what you know um, and uh, and what you see happening. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to ask you a couple of things. Uh, yes, sir. First of all, this story uh, that is coming out of uh, Matt Gates's office yesterday, he accused the F, uh, ATF of retaliating against a Florida congressional whistleblower in a letter to the ATF director, uh, Steve Deedle. Is it Deedlebach? Uh, Gates, claim, uh, Gates claimed that ATF agents once again aggressively targeted and harassed one of my uh, constituent federal uh, firearms licensees, Chris Smith of the Gulf Coast Gun. Smith had testified in front of Congress alleging ATF mistreatment in June. And it's for this reason he has been harassed by ATF agents again. After Chris's testimony at my field hearing on the weaponization of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, ATF agents showed up at his business unprompted to inspect a manufacturing license that he had held for only six months. Chris had not yet used the license. Uh, The agents had nothing to inspect and they had no choice but to leave. The ATF had previously audited Chris's retail license within the last year. It follows given the ATF is forbidden from auditing the same business twice in one year. The only excuse the ATS had to harass Chris further was an audit of a new unused manufacturing license. The local ATF agent admitted that he had no records that Chris was using the license, but nevertheless, he received a direct order to audit Chris's new license. In addition to this violation of federal law, the ATF showed up uninvited to the home of Christian O'Brien, Chris's store manager, without making an appointment, as he doesn't have business hours. He wrote, Christian does not sell any firearms or perform any business on behalf of Gulf Coast Gun. Christian was not at home at the time, so the agents called him and told him, don't worry, we know where you work. What, 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 what is this? Uh, well, it kind of, if you go back to what we talked about yesterday, sir, it's these, um, it's this concept of total war. All right. If you're, if you believe that guns are evil, that gun owners are evil and thereby gun dealers are evil, then you go after them every way that you can. You go after them through enforcement and you go after them through regulatory, which is where these license inspections come in. Now you have to understand ATF, our house is split, or I'm no longer with ATF. I'm retired and currently unemployed. But um, <laughs> ATF is split into two houses. So you have enforcement, which are agents, and then what we call IOI, the industry operations investigators. They're the ones that do audits of licenses and things like that. Now, I can tell you that in the past two years, the amount of audit and revocation hearings has grown exponentially. Um, now, in this day and time, things that would normally just be a warning conference or a letter to a dealer about, you know, your your books aren't being managed according to the law, according to the regulations, so you need to get this in line. They are moving, rather, they're foregoing all those initial steps and going straight to revocation hearings. Right. And And this is directly, you know, I believe related to, you know, orders coming from, you know, on top, from from political machines, from an agenda from the White House. So it's part of this concept of 
enforce the law on everyone that we can or everyone that we want to that we deem enemy and then enforce regulations to you know the fullest extent create new regulations create hardships put people out of business if we put the ffls out of business then no one's buying more guns this is insidious what should that agent have done well again they're you know they're under oath just like we are and um your oath is to this nation and to the people of it to protect and defend the Constitution. And like it or not, the Second Amendment is part of our Constitution. You need to protect and defend it. You can say no. You can stand up and say no. And I've, I've done it, and I know others that have done it, and you know we've all paid prices for it, some far, far greater than I. But it's what you need to do. Some things are worth too much than to just you know, go along to get along. You paid a really heavy price. You have uh, you have been afraid of your country uh, for the first time. You've mourned for the loss of what you believe is an honest institution, um, and no longer believe that anymore. Make the case to people who are in your former situation that it's worth it. Well, you know, and. <laughs> We touched on this briefly yesterday. I was at a point where it, I had a trouble separating my country from my government. I, and now I, I'm, I'm able to do that again. I love my country. I love the, the things that my country was founded on, uh, the things that it represents, the hope, the, the freedom, you know, those things that now will get me on a terrorist watch list for saying, you know, when you talk about oaths and constitutions. My government, however, has gone afoul. It is no longer there to serve the American people. It is no longer a government, you know, for the people, of the people, and by the people. It's there strictly to exist itself, to protect its own power. Power protects power, and that's what it's involved in. And when someone gets the, the reins of that government and they decide, they believe that something is bad, be it guns, be it whatever, then they use the whole force of the government to go after that. And that's the most terrifying thing, because once, you know, when you know what your government is capable of doing and then you know what they're willing to do, it becomes a very strange world that you live in and a very terrifying one. Say that again. Say that. Say that again, because you you laid this out so eloquently in the podcast. And I urge you to listen to this podcast. You just said what your government is capable of doing. And what your government is willing to do. What does that mean? Well, when you you understand the capabilities that they have to intrude on in your life, to you know, um, go up on your phones, in your computers, to surveil you, to dig up any dirt that you might have in the closet, or manufacture stuff if you don't have any, or what you have isn't significant enough. The the the, the tricks and the surreptitious efforts that they can go through that they're capable of. And then you find out what they're willing to use those for to protect themselves and protect the power and protect driving the agenda. It becomes a terrifying world. And most people don't concern themselves with this. They don't think about it because it doesn't happen to them. And it's like, uh, well, it hasn't affected me or, or what have you. But then you never know when it does. You never know when that agenda is going to change. You don't know when that focus or that spotlight is going to be put on you. And then everything that you've been doing is suddenly illegal or, you know, against regulations. And then the full force of the federal government, that that you know and much that you don't, is focused to attack you. 
it uh, it's a terrifying concept. So when you blew the the world we live in, when you blew the whistle, um, Eric Holder was uh, subpoenaed to go to Congress and testify about Fast and Furious. um, And he knew all about it, right? He would have had to answer questions that would have made him perjure himself or what would the consequences be if he would have admitted to what you guys were doing? Right. So he, he was subpoenaed to not only testify, but DOJ, and as the attorney general at the time, he's in charge of DOJ, was subpoenaed for any documents or several documents that related to the Fast and Furious investigation, most of which DOJ either refused to turn over or redacted so heavily. Uh, there's a famous picture of Chairman Issa at the time, who was chairman of the uh, House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, holding up pages of documents that were just completely blacked out, totally redacted. And so Eric Holder was found in contempt because he would not obliged that subpoena, wouldn't honor the subpoena issued by Congress. And what I think of, you know, the majority of Americans don't understand is in our checks and balances system, you think, I mean, I I know when I get a subpoena, I know what happens to me if I don't abide by it, by, you know, what a federal judge will do for me or, and what my agency will do, you know, I'll get fired if I don't honor a subpoena. And for him not to do that and to be found in contempt of Congress, I think it was the first time ever that a sitting attorney general had been found in contempt. Well, all Congress can do is forward that contempt citation to the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia for prosecution. (laughs) Every U.S. attorney in the United States is a presidential appointee. So who was president at the time, obviously, and then who appointed him. So no prosecution was ever sought. But now, as you mentioned in your in your lead up coming into this, that has changed significantly. We are now prosecuting these people that were held in contempt. We're prosecuting those on on one side of the political spectrum. Correct. Correct. So if you think it can't happen to you, you know, I I would imagine that all of these uh, lawyers that are now facing jail time in Georgia figured, well, attorney, I'm doing my job. I mean, as Alan Dershowitz said in last week's podcast, this is the these are the same things that we did when I was fighting for the 2000 election with Al Gore. He's like. Same documents. One of them is written by the same guy. And they're using that as a conspiracy charge. He said, I mean, this is, it's unreasonable. Oh, it's more than unreasonable. It's nefarious is what it is. I mean, it's, it's literally using the, you know, our system of justice, the United States system of justice to target political opponents and political appointees. It's, it's furthering an agenda. We are so close to having, you know, a, a, secret political police state that's going on in this country. And most people, like I say, don't see it until it affects them. And I forget exactly how it goes, but what's that famous quote, you know, during World War II, when they came for this group, I said nothing. When they came for this group, I said nothing. But when they came for me, there was no one left to say anything. That's right. Thank you so much. I really, I I can't thank you enough for everything that you have done for the country and everything that you continue to do and and the risk that you and your family have taken. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank your thank wife. You, I just want to say, oh, yeah, trust me. I thank my wife every day. She's the reason yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so, but so there, there's more than me. There were other whistleblowers that have suffered as well, and, and some have come through it, and some unfortunately haven't. And it's, but I encourage those out there in the know, like you can, you can stand up, make a decision not to comply with something that's illegal, immoral, or unjust. As a matter of fact, your duty is to the opposite. It's not to comply to that. It's to challenge that authority. All right. You are the first line. 
those agents and those inspectors and, and the, the prosecutors and everyone, you are the first line of defense. Like it is, it, it either starts with you or it ends with you. If they control you, well, you know, it, it's what well, we fear the worst is probably yeah. a lot closer than we think. Yeah. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. He is, oh, thank uh, you, sir. you bet. Former ATF agent. Uh, we've tried to have him on for, uh, I don't know. Well, forever wanted to talk to him about more than fast and furious. And he wrote us, uh, and said, Hey, I have 167 days left at the ATF. I can't say anything until then. I'd love to come on in 168. And, uh, this is the podcast that we have waited and waited and waited for. You don't want to miss it. Podcast available right now at uh, blazetv.com, or you can get it tomorrow wherever you get your podcast. Back with more. What would you give to be out of pain today? I mean, would you give 20 bucks? Would you give 20 bucks for the possibility? I wouldn't give 20 bucks, you know, to uh, somebody selling, you know, Magic Mike's Miracle Medicine on the back of a wagon, but that's not what this is. This was developed by doctors. More than a million people have bought Relief Factor in the quick start, and they tell you up front, if it's not working for you in three weeks, it's probably not going to work because we're all different. So is it going to work for you? I can't tell you, but I can tell you for 1995, you will find out. And believe me, Relief Factor would go out of business if that was their deal. We're just going to sell everybody 1995 once. And it's not going to do anything. 70% of the people go on to order more month after month. It worked for me. It may work for you. Relieffactor.com. It's worth 20 bucks to find out. 800, the number four, relief. 800, the number four, relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. Yesterday, here's Peter Navarro talking about how he's willing to go to prison. Listen. I said from the beginning, this is going to the Supreme Court. I said from the beginning, I am willing to go to prison to settle this issue. I'm willing to do that. But I also know that the likelihood of me going to prison is relatively small because we are right on this issue. So contempt of Congress. Uh, 1948 is really the last time it was used. Steve Bannon, they used it on him too. So both Trump supporters, they get nailed and they're, they're going to prison. Okay. Uh, it will go up to the Supreme court, but we're doing it again. I'm, I'm tempted to call and reach out to Alan Dershowitz this morning. In fact, uh, have Sarah reach out to Alan Dershowitz and just ask him, is this Peter Navarro thing? Another banana on his banana republic list. He told me last week he was up to six bananas. When you have 10 bananas, in his view, you have a banana republic. And he said, if they don't move the trial for Donald Trump in, uh, in, the, you know, in all the courthouses, if they don't move these past the election, he said, that's a huge banana and pull probably multiple. So we're four away in his opinion four strikes away from being a completely ridiculous kangaroo court banana republic. That's terrifying. 
It is terrifying. It's also a really fun way to think about the country dissolving. <laughs> bananas. You. Yeah, it is. You know, it it's does. Kind of fun. I like bananas. It's kind of a fun way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, not necessarily a positive outcome, but a fun way to look so at it. So the presidential library um, came out. All of the presidential libraries yeah. that are in existence. I wanted to ask you about it because you were talking about it. And you said, like, it's a good statement. But isn't the, isn't the point of it, though, to, I don't know, shame evil Trump supporters or don't vote for... I mean, that's the tone of the coverage I got about it. Well, that's the coverage. Listen to what they say. mm -hmm. The inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as stated in the Declaration of Independence are principles that bind us together as Americans. They have enabled the United States to strive toward a more perfect union even when we have not lived up to those ideals. I've said those very words. I'm called an extremist for saying those very words. A diverse nation of people with different backgrounds and beliefs, democracy holds us all together. We are a country rooted in the rule of law. Protection of the rights of all people is paramount. Amen. The Glenn Beck Program. There's more, and we should talk about it. Remember when owning your home was, you know, this wonderful, crazy dream that kept you up at night with excitement? Remember when selling that first home made you feel like you were going to be crazy rich if you could just somehow or another get the right buyer? It's funny how some things can go from fun and exciting to a real hassle once the rubber meets the road. This is why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust. When you are looking to buy or sell a home or both, we will pair you with the highest selling best real estate agent in your area. Now, these are not people moonlighting between shifts at the gas station. They're serious full-time professionals who know the best practices, and this is key. They know the best practices. The real estate game has changed. Most of them also, and I think this is key, are fans of this program. So you're going to get along with each other. You can trust them. And uh, when you're ready to take the next step in buying or selling, don't do it without the right help. Realestateagentsitrust.com realestateagentsitrust.com just tell us where you're moving from and to across the street or across the country we'll help you realestateagentsitrust.com you can go much further into the ways the government is doing all sorts of things they don't want you to know about on the Glenn Beck podcast it's available blazetv.com slash Glenn promo code is Glenn I have to tell you, there, there are a lot of things that are happening right now that are very, very good, but it is turning up the temperature. And when you back a wild animal into a corner, no telling what they will do. And I think the left is being backed into a corner. It, we're just starting. We've, we've just picked up the righteous cattle prod and went back. Um, they're not pinned by any chance and they're not in the corner, but we're at least moving them that way. What happened in Georgia this week is massive, massive. Hopefully I'll have time to get to that, uh, today and give you more information on that Rico case against the left. It is rock solid, or at least appears to be also in Georgia, there is uh, representative Andrew Clyde. Another great thing in Georgia, the House Republicans are now looking at the appropriations bill. Can they defund the special counsels prosecuting President Trump? Uh, Representative Clyde, how are you, sir? Well, 
Good morning. Great to be with you, Glenn. Thank, Thank you. you for the opportunity. So tell me what you guys are doing or trying well, to do. Okay. You know, the power of Congress is at its apex when we are actually creating the funding for the next fiscal year. And so when we see things that have gone wrong, then the correct thing to do is to defund them. And I think it is very, very clear that what we are seeing is that the left has dangerously weaponized our judicial system, literally into the election interference arm of the Democrat Party. They're using taxpayer dollars to persecute the leading political opponent. That's wrong. We are not a banana republic. We don't do those sort of things in America. That's not what our justice system is for. We use criminal um, you know, statutes against a political opponent to try and take him out of the race. So from the federal level, the solution to that is you defund it. And that's exactly what I'm proposing. When we get back next week, I'm going to introduce an amendment. I'm on the Appropriations Committee. Good. I'm on the CGS uh, uh, subcommittee. I'm going to introduce an amendment to defund, uh, to prohibit the use of federal funding for the prosecution of any presidential candidate prior to the upcoming presidential election in November of um 2024. So what would that do? I mean, what, what, what cases does that affect? That would affect everything that Jack Smith does. All right. <clears throat> that would, now he can still investigate. He just can't prosecute. And there's a big difference between the two. All right. Now, a second amendment that I would also introduce would be to prohibit federal funding to any entity, any state entity, uh, local entity that, um, decides to do the same thing and prosecute a major presidential candidate. So that means that any state prosecutor, they would be uh, denied federal funding uh, if they decide to go against a presidential candidate between now and the elections in 2024. So let's just say your own attorney general there in uh, Georgia, um, he just came up with uh, RICO charges. And it, the case looks, I don't know if you've seen it being national, but uh, the case looks really strong. And this is the right use of of the RICO Act, in my opinion, uh, what they've uncovered with the collusion, even into a really serious security company playing a role in guiding these people um, is really disturbing. As long as Biden wasn't part of that, then you'd still get the federal money. But it's just for presidential candidates. It is just for presidential candidates. That's correct. And that ban would go af go go away after the election. That's correct. Okay. The, the ban would go away after the election. That's correct. Hey, the American people need to be the ones to decide, Glenn. Um, not not any biased federal prosecutor. Would you consider a third? Uh, I don't know if you could do this. I don't know. This might violate the uh, uh, separation between federal and state but uh this movement to remove president trump from all of the uh ballots it just started in colorado and it's they're threatening that they're going to do it state after state after state i mean how do you what i i think they would have a problem constitutionally with that um a significant constitutional problem um but you know it's the states who determine yeah uh, who determine the elections. You know, yeah. We need to keep the federal government out of the right. election process. 
and, and which is what we're seeing right here. The Department of Justice is being weaponized uh, in the electoral process. Uh, and even Joe Biden himself, you know, you go back to his words. I think it was November of last year in a press conference when he said, you know, we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power. Talking about President Trump, you know, and if he does run, I'm making sure he and then he adds this under legitimate efforts of our Constitution does not become the next president again. Well, Biden is directly threatening to use the power of the executive against his political opponent. And um, we can't stand for that. Americans can't stand for that. What are the odds? What are the odds this even passes with the Republicans? Oh, I think the odds are pretty good. Um, You know, I've had significant uh, conversations with many members of our um, of our conference, and I have not had anyone push back yet and say, Mm. hey, you know, that's a good idea. I cannot support that. And I've spoken to the vast majority of uh, of all of leadership. So, I mean, it's I, I think there's a there's a good chance that uh, this will pass. Uh, I think this balances the scales of justice instead of making them uh, tilt toward the Democrats here. And it will have to go through the Senate, right? That is correct. But, right. We can pass it in the House. We'll pass it in the appropriation uh, in the Justice Department's appropriation. Uh, we'll do it in committee first. Then we'll do it on the House floor. Then it will have to uh, go to the Senate and it will go into conference. But we'll fight for it there, too. And um, is there any talk about, I mean, the money went to the FBI to build their new headquarters. Is there any is there any talk about defunding some of these these institutions, which we now know are corrupt? Oh, uh, absolutely. In fact, um, the money for the FBI's headquarters, which, by the way, the total bill is like four billion dollars. It's a building larger, a facility larger than the Pentagon itself. Oh, my gosh. The FBI does not need it. It would only give them more power and make them feel like they are unaccountable to Congress. Uh, but they have oh. about a two so far in their account. Um, so they're not, you know, they're, they're not even a third of the way there yet. But, um, but we, we are going to limit what they have, at least in, it's, it's in two accounts. Uh, one's in the Justice Department, the other's in general government. Um, but we're going to limit the amount that they can spend um, to basically repairing their old building. So, uh, this- so, so tell me, how, how does this work? Because Congress holds the purse strings, and it was Correct. put that way because you're the fastest to be replaced. If you're not doing what the American people want, you've got to be reelected every two years. But That's you right. hold the purse strings, and, and people like me have been saying, Congress, where are you? But you really kind of don't if it has to go to the Senate. Now, can that is this only that if you cut the spending, they can't add spending to it? Or can they add spending? No, no. um, It is a negotiation between the two. All right. But you are right. We are uh, the closest to the people. We're elected every two years. We have the power of the purse in the House. If we will use it and stand by it, all right, we will win, Glenn. Uh, I'm very, very, uh, I'm confident of that. Um, and, you know, the, the Senate has been notorious for doing nothing. And um, it's the House where really all the action. Right. And, but the, but the, the Senate not doing anything, the problem is, is 
you know, unless Congress is serious about not passing a sp- any spending bill and we're not going to raise the debt limit or anything else, the co- Senate has no reason. They have no pressure. Why? They don't care. Just keep continuing, you know, get, get the uh, uh, what are they called? The continuation uh, bills or the CR. Yeah, resolution. right. Yeah, well, we're not going to have a clean CR. That's just not going to happen. Uh, at least I will never vote for it. And I know there's a, a, a significant number of Republicans that are not going to vote for that either, because this is the whole point. The, the country gave Republicans the majority to plot a new direction to bring us back to fiscal responsibility and fiscal sanity and, and to eliminate the policies of, of the previous Congress. Uh, if we do a clean CR, we are simply rubber stamping Correct. Nancy Pelosi's policies and her spending levels. And that's something that uh, is unacceptable. We cannot do that. Um, we weren't given the majority to do that. And honestly, if we, if we want to keep the majority, we will not do that. So um, I think that's that's pretty powerful. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for standing up and uh, and taking the fight uh, to where it needs to be thank you so much i appreciate it congressman andrew clyde from uh, georgia back in just a minute michael wrote in about his dog's experience with rough greens he says my dog has never been much of an eater or at least she wasn't until i discovered rough greens the first night i mixed it into her bowl she began to eat slowly and then like a crazy maniac she destroyed it that is I, i tell you my happiest sound i hear all day every day is when we feed Uno and you hear the bowl slapping against the wall and his chain around his neck hitting the bowl. He's just, he's destroying it. He never used to do that. Michael, thank you so much. I'm glad Rough Greens worked for your dog, works for my dog. Uh, It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black that you sprinkle on your dog food. Remember, kibble food is brown food and it's dead food. You want the greens. It's healthy for your dog. If it is, it's most likely in Rough Greens. And they'd like to give you the first trial bag for free. Just call 833-GLEN-33. You'll get the first trial bag free. All you have to do is pay for shipping at 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Just got a note from uh, Alan Dershowitz because uh, I asked him, hey, you were doing 10 bananas for a banana republic. You said uh, that is going to go up. Uh, you are at six bananas. You said seven, maybe eight if they don't change what they're doing with Trump in court on the 12 million documents. And you have to have them all read by you know January <laughs> It's impossible. It has to be done. That that court case should not be heard until after he's lost or won the presidential election. Um, but he said that will count for another two. Ten bananas is full banana republic. So I just wrote him and I said, hey, wanted to reach out and see if this was another banana amongst all the others that you talked about on last week's podcast. And it is the former Trump aide, Peter Navarro, uh, going to prison for contempt of Congress. And he said it's half a banana because it's likely to be reversed on appeal. 
because it will go to the Supreme Court. Yes, and that is, I will say, something we need to keep in mind here, which is the court system is part of the republic. And if it is reversing these things all the time, that is the system working. It is honestly it is there to stop people right. overreaching like this. And it is absolutely why we cannot lose the next election. Clarence Thomas, they're all aging out here. And if we don't have real constitutional Supreme Court, can you imagine if it was the Supreme Court of 10 years ago? None of these things would have been overturned. We, we'd be in real trouble. Mm. Real trouble. The court really has been the one thing one holding thing. the line. I mean, yep. I, I give you the example of the student loan debacle with Biden, where he said he wanted to do this. Um, everyone on, was on record, including his own Department of Education, saying he could not just force this through and relieve all this debt. Then he just decided to do it, even though he knew he couldn't do it. And did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And luckily, the court stopped it. Now he's trying to do it again. And I think the courts will stop it again. Uh, and, but, but he'll still keep going. He'll keep doing it. They just it don't care. They and, don't care. And what is so sad about this is at the end of the day, he gets to just say, well, the court is mean. Yeah. You know, they're mean to me. And, I, and they, they, well, they don't want to be nice to students. Again, and, the, and the media will parrot that. Again, I think he is. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if he goes through with all these things. The, the 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 jig is up you know what i mean it's like we 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 know what you're doing here now because of things like this yesterday the biden administration this is from fox news is considering forcing migrants who cross into the united states illegally to remain in texas while they wait out their asylum screening are you kidding me I mean, that so, cannot be constitutional. Right. It can't be constitutional. So Texas has to take the millions that come across our border and just eat it? No, I don't think so. That's I don't think so. It's been largely what has happened. Uh, right. But it is. Uh, it is. It's been changing a little bit. Right. Yeah, because uh, people are realizing, hey, you know, New York City is a sanctuary city. Look at these comments from the mayor. I mean, we should be putting billboards up all over the border that just say, hey, number one, fact one about the United States, New York City has a right to shelter law. Fact two, it is a sanctuary city. Fact three, here is the mayor and here is his quote. That's all you have to put up there. By the way, buses I'll are over this way. I'll split those billboards with you. Oh, my God. You want to put them up? I love it. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. put them up. Yeah. We'll put them up. I think we should highlight I other sanctuary it. cities as well. Yeah, because, I mean, this is, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. and it's like, of course, they're going to go to these cities. They, for so long, have done this thing where they said, oh, well, you in the South, you t- people in Texas and other border states. You just hate. You hate illegal immigrants. No. We love them up here. We would welcome them here. But you, you hate them. They look different than you and you hate them. And wow, are we seeing a lot of not in my backyard type stuff going on now. Yeah. Oh, we want to help, but yeah. not here. Right. Not it's- around our kids. Right. Of it, course it, it, not. And what is happening Unbelievable. is... We're not saying you're racist. We're just saying you're completely illogical. You never thought this out in the first place because you knew you wouldn't have to deal with it like border states have to deal with it. You know, you might be racist, but I'm not claiming that. I don't know why you're rejecting them now because you love them so. I don't hate immigrants. I love immigrants. You just can't have uncontrolled borders because it collapses cities 
and thus collapses countries. The Glenn Beck Program.